0: We're going through revival in Romans, and if if you'll implement these things in Romans, the book of Romans, you can truly have revival. And uh, uh, today is is no exception to that. And uh, we're continuing chapter 4, we're at the beginning of chapter 4, God gave Abraham a promise. And... And the promise was that he was going to be, he was going to make his name great. He was going to be, uh, hey, Sean, you guys are in the hot seats over there with him, right? All right. But hey, look at Sean's face right here. And at about 30 more minutes, dude, it's going to be a beautiful glistening color in just a little bit, man. But, uh, anyways, uh, God said, I'm going to make you a great, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless those that bless you. But most important, God said, I will make you a blessing to all the world. And the way that was going to happen was by bringing a Messiah into the world, bringing a Savior into the world that the Savior so badly needed. And uh, so, but if you notice in, we went through it last week in Genesis chapter 12, God says, I will do this, I will do that, I will do this, I will. Who's the one that's going to do it all y'all? Yeah, I will, I will, I will, I will. He doesn't say, Abraham, you will. Abraham, you do this. Abraham, you're going to... No, it's I will, I will, I will. It's God making promises. So if somebody makes a promise, what do you have to do to receive it? Just receive it. That's it. Is it a contractual agreement you have, Terry? If somebody makes you a promise, is it now a contractual? Okay, well, here's the contract now and you got deals on both. No, it's just a promise. And with God, as we talked about last week, if we can get this through our head, that our salvation is not a contract with God that you can break, but it is a promise that God made, it is a done deal. And so if we can get that idea of all the promises, the Word of God is full of a lot of promises for us. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But unfortunately, sometimes we focus on things that we think God promised us, But He never really promised us. But there are things that we've been told we've been promised and we want to have promised and so on. And instead of dealing with that and getting let down, man, we need to think about the promises we do have and focus on those and realize that when God promises something, it's a done deal. Here's three super simple promises before we get into actually the Scripture today. And the first one is that you come into this world and Romans says that you are an enemy to God. Do you know that? You come into this world an enemy. You only desire yourself. You don't desire to glorify God. If you're going to do anything godly, anything nice, anything good, it's for your benefit because you catch more flies with sugar than you do with vinegar. So You just learn how to get things done, but it's all for you. It's selfish. So at some point in your life, if God gives you the desire and the ability to be able to believe that you are a sinner, and that the wages of sin is eternal death and separation from God, if He gives you that ability to believe, and you have that, now you have a choice of what to do with it. He gives you the ability also to surrender yourself to Him. To believe that what He did on the cross, what Christ did on the cross as a perfect human being, and God, when He died on the cross, He took your sins and He paid for your sins. He paid for sins you couldn't pay for. He took care of something you had no ability to take care of. And so now He could be your substitute. We're going to talk more about that today too. But if you can believe that, it's because He gave you the ability to believe it. And you, He gave you the ability to accept it through faith. He gave you grace, which is the desire and ability to, to do what God wants you to do, which is to surrender to Him. So at that point in time, if you said, dude, I'm a lost sinner. I believe what Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is eternal separation from God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And it's the only way to get it. The righteousness that God demands from you is the righteousness that God provides through Christ. There is no other righteousness other than that. And so now you believe the only way I can be saved. I need to be saved. I've earned a free trip to hell. When you hold the ticket up and say, this is what I've earned by being good, by selling all my stuff and giving it to the poor. This is what I've earned from from doing all these good deeds. But I did them with the wrong motivation. It wasn't to glorify God. It wasn't because I love Him. Man, I need to be saved. When you hold up that ticket that you've earned, that free ticket to hell, and Christ now takes it and He cashed it in at the cross, He takes all of your unrighteousness. Everything wrong you've ever done, you're doing right now. How many of y'all are doing something wrong right now? How many of y'all do something wrong? Right now, you're like thinking, okay, how am I going to make them burgers at lunch, man? Or, Man, I, uh, who, who was some? Oh, Sherrod, you hear how she preset things up? I can't sit very long, Pastor, now. You know if I get up in the middle of the service, it's, no, I'm just messing with you. But again, you know, and he took even the things you're going to do wrong. And he took all of those, and he cashed it in on the cross. He took the penalty for it. He took the punishment for it. took the wrath for it. He took, all that your unrighteousness deserved. And then He took His perfect righteousness and put it on you at salvation. Amen? You are perfectly righteous. He clothed you in His righteousness was perfection. You have salvation. Now, how do I know that? Because God promised that. I am clothed in righteousness. As far as God is concerned in my position with Him, I am perfectly righteous. How many of you are perfectly righteous because you've been clothed with Christ's righteousness? Amen. How many of y'all? Hold your hands up again. Hold your hands up again. Everybody, look at the people, especially in your family who have their hands up and say, You are perfect. No. Are they perfect? <laughs> yeah, okay, I see over here. Yeah, I, I see Joel's rolling her eyes, man. Like, yeah, right. These people are not perfect. I've been with them. They are not perfect. How many of y'all, you believe the promise from God? I am perfect, but then you look in the mirror and you look at your life and you look at like, what the, I, I don't understand. He says I'm perfect, but I know I'm not perfect. That's why it takes faith to believe beyond that mountain of evidence that we see every day of our imperfections of like, Oh, oh my. No, for salvation, for salvation, for salvation, you're perfect. You're covered by his blood. You have his righteousness applied to you, and you have to believe that by faith. Why? Because who said it? God said it. Can God lie? No, and he promised us that. Is there a contract that you have to fulfill? Oh, well, I didn't do my part of the deal, so I must not be perfect. No. He promises you that perfection for salvation. So you are clothed in his righteousness for how long? Forever. How many of y'all are clothed in his righteousness? You know for salvation you're perfect, but you know, practically speaking, you're a scumbag. No, I'm just... <laughs> yeah. So, so again, we talked about this two weeks ago, about the process of salvation. That's one thing. And you're there. Now you're born again with a brand new desire. How many of y'all got saved? Man, you got a brand new desire to start doing things that you didn't desire before, and you lost the desire for old things. Let me see your hand again before y'all get tired. Because if you can't put your hand up, you didn't get saved. (laughs) I'm not saying you didn't want to put your hand up, but I'm just saying if you can't put your hand up, if you didn't get new desires and lose your old desires, you didn't get saved. You did some religious ritual. You convinced yourself. Desires change. Before I got saved, there's no way in the world I was going to go to church once a week without fail, let alone four or five times a week through Bible studies. That would have been hell on earth for me until God changed my desires. Man, he took desires away for wrong things. and gave me new desires for right things. That's salvation. That's what happens. But now, so salvation is a promise. You got it. Done. Deal. Deal. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ How about this one? I'm I, sorry, I forgot my rainbow wig, and I'm not at the end of an end zone with a John three sixteen sign. Y'all remember when that used to be? For God so loved the world that He gave. Didn't make Him pay for it. He gave them eternal. God so loved the world that He gave them. Oh, help me out with this verse, come. Come on, you know it. For God so loved the world that He He gave, he gave His only begotten Son. That what? Whoever believes in him shall what? But have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That's Christ to give you his righteousness, so he could take yours. He gave us his only begotten Son, so that. Help uh, I me mean, out again. The what? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that what? Whoever what believes again, and there's that word believe. It there's a difference we're going to see today uh, between hope and belief. This is belief. This belief is, is, is different. The devils believe in their head and they're going to hell. It's a belief that you put your faith and trust. You've heard me use the illustration before again, Terry, right in the middle of that sip right there, man. Did you check that chair out before you sat down? Did you check the chair out for him? You don't love your dad enough to check the chair out for him. What if this chair had loose screws and he fell down? Oh, she'd be laughing. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. How much of your weight is in that chair? All of it. So if that chair let you down, you'll be down. <laughs> exactly. Again, that's what belief is. You know, we put our faith and stuff. You're putting your faith in the chair. You know, I've used that illustration before. Usually I stand on the chair. That's what it means. Look, believing this chair can hold my weight. That's not this belief. That's in the head. Right here, half and half. Okay, I'm putting my faith in it, but if the chair got kicked out from under me, man, I got my ace in a hole, my other leg. This ain't even my good leg, but still ace in a hole. Belief is putting it all in. It all in. If he let you down, man, you're done. You're gone. There's nothing else to save you. Nothing else to rest. So he, God, uh, tell me how about this verse again? God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, what? Believes, puts all their faith and trust in him. At some point in time, that means I'm done being the boss. I want you to be the boss, and you truly mean it. That's—I'm uh, I'm, sure—it's not just hell insurance for salvation. It's dude. It's life. It's my whole life. If you're going to trust him to take you when you die, if you're trusting him for that, man, you certainly got to be trusting him for the rest of your life while you're alive, right? God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not what? Perish. How many of y'all like that old stuff your mama kept in the butter tubs, man? Y'all remember that? for Tupperware or when Tupperware was too expensive? Didn't your mama use uh, shed spread tubs and all that kind of stuff? How many of y'all ever opened the fridge? I know in Alabama y'all doing that, right? Okeechobee y'all do that. I mean, you you, you got to open it up to figure out what's in there, right? How many of y'all ever found something perished in there? Anybody perished? Yeah. He said, you give your life to Christ, you will never perish. You will never lose value. You will never you you'll never spiritually stink and cause spiritual food poison. You will never die. You're never going to lose value. Man, you'll never perish, but you will have what kind of life? How long does that last for, Sean? Forever. So is there anything you can do to mess it up, Sean. No, is there even if you want it out? And I'm telling you, I have never met, and I've given this challenge for 30 years all over the world. and said, Is there anyone here that's given their life to Christ that wish they hadn't? Because it was the worst thing they'd ever done and they want out. Is there anybody here that wants out? No. But I mean, how, how many of you wish you had, had it sooner? Yeah. That's a promise that we have eternal life. Man, we have salvation. But now. We go walk in this world. What's the only reason he left us here? Why did he leave? Why did he take us to heaven when we got saved? How many of y'all ever got? How many of y'all got led to the Lord by some other person? Yeah, we're here to be witnesses. Yeah, we're witnesses. He does not call us to be lawyers. He called us to be witnesses, right? We're not here to prove a case. We're not here to build a case with all this Bible reference and and throw it down in court and jam it down somebody's... They're called to be a witness. Dude, and in fact, he even said in Acts 1.8, he said, when the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to give you power. And everybody's like, woohoo, power to do what I want to do. no. Power to make it through whatever he gives you to make it through. So when you make it through, Kelly, with that beautiful pink cast, everybody says, How did you make it through without busting everyone's head open with that pink cast? You're going to say it was the glory of God. Amen? Yeah. He said he's going to give us power to be witnesses. Power. So, man, when, when somebody, <laughs> Chuck, can I tell your underwear story, man? Dude, I got to tell. I don't know how to call the underwear story, but last week before church, Man, before church, Chuck didn't tell us this last week because he knew it It was too fresh in his mind. But man, Chuck's got a dog that will eat you unless you know him really, really well. All right. But he'll eat you. And that's part of his little guard shop thing. You know, Chuck gets up in the mornings and he's in his Well, it doesn't matter what he's wearing. He opens the door and uh, opens the door and and usually lets Jetty out. Jetty runs through. But for some reason, man, last Sunday morning, he was like, I got to go check things out. I don't want to break up a fight with a possum, raccoon, whatever. He opens, and so he keeps Jetty back, and he opens the door and closes, and there he is in his, well, we're going to worry about what he's wearing, but we, <laughs> he's in his underwear, all right, you know, and, and, and there's a dude with a rifle, <laughs> a dude with a rifle, and Chuck's like, oh, <laughs> you know, and, and what do you, maybe it's the cops. What do you want, man? What do you want? guys oh i'm looking for a shirt well that let him know it wasn't the cops all right but and and all of a sudden he's like what are you looking for looking for a shirt okay well you know what you're gonna look you're gonna find what do you tell him you're just gonna find no uh, no, no he had other words he's like you're you're gonna find a whole heap in helping a trouble or something really like that and uh and the guy's like there and all of a sudden some told chuck to not let jetty out first but the first inclination of what he wanted to do was reach back, open the door, and let Jetty tear this guy up. But as he was thinking, after we talked about this, it was the Holy Spirit of God that said, I can't do that to that person. Here's a dude with a rifle standing, right? He's like, I can't do that to the person. And, and one thing happened another, other. The dude started running. The dude Chuck said some things. We won't talk about that. But the dude chunked the rifle at Chuck. (laughs) It took off running and in one swoop move dove over the fence into briars and bush and could never be found again. And the rifle actually was his BB gun. (laughs) All right. So that worked out. But again, everything God puts in our life Every moment, once we're saved, is to be a witness. Chuck, was there a time where you would have unquestionably just turned jetty loose on somebody in your backyard with a rifle? And enjoyed it, it. yes. But now the Holy Spirit of God, who gets the glory for that move, Chuck? God does. And that's what God, that's this process called sanctification. He leaves us here to become more like Him. Because how many of y'all want to become more like Him? How many of y'all know that's what you're going to be like in heaven? This is heaven practice, y'all. You're becoming more like him. And when someone like Chuck or me actually does something godlike, or like you <laughs> does something godlike, who gets the credit for that, y'all? Yeah, it's not like, oh, look what Pastor Eddie mustered up in his own flesh. No, dude, I know what he would have done. That must have been the Holy Spirit of God. That's sanctification. One, we become more like him by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now we have power to be a witness, to make it through every situation we face in life make it through so that when we give an account one day to him, we hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. But in the meantime, he gets the glory for it. And we have promises for sanctification, right? First Corinthians 10, uh, 10 13, there has there is no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. You're not going through anything that other people haven't and, and will not go through lust the eyes lust the flesh and pride of life it's all there i'm not gonna preach on all that again same thing jesus went through in his in his temptation same thing adam and eve went through adam and eve failed because they blew off god's word jesus succeeded because he listened to it but we got that there's no temptation taking you but such as common to man but god is faithful he helped them he's going to help you if you want to play by his rules if you want to, if you want him to help you you got to be walking towards him so here's god this is where we, we get saved and we come to god But you know what? Now we're in this world and you're either walking towards him or you're walking away. And when you're walking away from him and you realize you're walking away from him and you don't you don't hear his goodness, you're not experiencing that goodness. You turn. What's that R word that is the turning part? Repentance. You repent at the moment you realize you're walking away from him mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you turn and come back to him no temptation taking you, but such is common to man, but God's faithful. And how many of you have ever turned back to God? Anybody turned back to God? How many of you ever had turned back to God and said, no, boy, you keep going. No, turn around. I don't want to see you. No. Anybody ever had God reject you? No, he's faithful. He said, come on, come on, keep coming closer. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Because the best place to be is right there in his arms. Amen in an intimate relationship no temptation taking but such as common to man but god is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able oh there's where we get that erroneous statement god won't give you anything more than what you can handle baloney terry ever got anything more than what you can handle and you got three daughters and one of them's dating Oh my I'm oh, sorry. I see you got two women between you two, right? Selma the Selma the diplomat is over on this side, right, in case something happens, right? You should count yourself fortunate, brother. All right. Yes. Anyways, no temptation to take you but such as uh, no temptation taking you, but such as common a man, but God's faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able. Don't miss the last part, but with the temptation. It doesn't mean temptation You can save. Find don't care, you have perfect you. righteousness. You have grace. So now you can live and do whatever you want. Go ahead and see how that works if you're really his child. That's not what it says. Seek first, once you know you have salvation. Dude, seek first, seek always, seek only the kingdom of God. He's my king. What do you want me to do to, to share your kingdom in this world, God? How do, I, how do I let you be my king? What do you want me to do? That's your spirit-filled life, right? One step, what do you want me to do now? Do it. What do you want me now? Do it. Not, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Oh, I'm doing this for you, God. I'm doing this for you. And he's like, well, I never asked you to do it. In fact, those are the Matthew 7 people. They're gonna bust hell wide open. It's the lost church, and there's gonna be many of them. Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do mighty works in your name? Didn't we cast out demons? Yeah, but I never knew you and I never asked you to do any of that stuff. Be gone, workers of lawlessness. So you got to know his promises for sanctification. If God makes a promise that, uh, hey, dude, God, you got baptized last week, right? Hey, are you still bad? Do we need to baptize you again? No, dude, you're good now, right? You're good. God's promises, man, they're yours for everything you need to face in life, man. They're there. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness will be the right thing to do according to God. And what's the last part? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? All these things will be added to you. Everything you need. But I didn't get this. You don't need it right now, at least but it didn't, but I lost this. Well, praise God, maybe you needed to lose that. Man, whatever it is, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in everything you need. There's sanctification, so you get saved. You got perfect righteousness, all right? But you know, practically speaking, you're not. So he works you out. How many of y'all work out? Anybody work out? Oh, JJ, Ashley got you working out and it messed up his disc golf game dude, the guy can't pull. He was like, oh, nice and smooth. Now he's like a rock. Oh, oh. No, I'm just not selling you. But man, when you start working out, you're like, oh, 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 right? I know, I know that sound and that's the sound I'm making from just preaching right now. But, but you stress yourself out, right? When you work, you put uh, Julia. You're a you're a Pilates coach, right? Did I say that Pilates? I used to think it was para- like pirate or something. Like I thought y'all did like a pirate theme thing, but I was totally wrong. Oh, what was the other word I learned? That's what was charcuterie Say that charcuterie. Y'all know what charcuterie is? I know what it is because I like food, but I would have never dreamt it was pronounced that way. All right, I would ate it, but not pronounce it right. But anyways, you're Pilates, dude. So man, do people come in? and you push them a little bit? You push them? Oh, I tell, you're like, oh, Jillian. Well, who's that Jillian on The Biggest Loser? Yeah, you, you got that little masochistic streak in you. Where you're like, arr, arr. you're a good coach, like Emily. Emily, that's who she was. That was your hero growing up, wasn't it? You wanted to be like that girl in that way, not other ways. <laughs> Obviously, you're marrying a guy. Uh, all right, so <laughs> But so you're pushing them a little bit, right? Are you pushing them because it's a masochistic streak? You want to see them suffer? Why are you pushing them, Julia? You want them to improve and to succeed, and if you don't push them, they're going to sit on their mat eating bonbons, doing nothing, right? They need to be led. They need to be encouraged to go. For, do they always appreciate your, your pushing? Not always at the moment. Isn't that true with God? Not always at the moment. Have you all ever not always at the moment appreciated what God was doing? But later, isn't that what he tells us in James? He said, man, count it all joy when you get an ah, diverse, when you stub your toe, count it all joy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just joking there, but I'm just making a point. When you get, when, no matter, diverse, different kinds of tests and temptations, he said, count it joy because you're building spiritual endurance. And once you've got that endurance, man, nothing stops you, Amen. Or you can sit back and be a little spiritual baby and and falter and cry at every little time you don't get your way and God didn't answer a promise that you thought He should have answered. Instead, now you're welcoming challenges. Julie, isn't that you? You go to Pilates class, dude. What if you win? You want that instructor? You want want him to give you the best. Have you ever walked out of one and been like, oh, that was junk, dude. That was like, I could have did that like... (laughs) 100 pounds ago, No, I'm not that you were 100, you barely weigh 100 pounds, but I'm just saying, it's like, yeah, you want to be challenged now. And that's what happens to us spiritually. We see life, we see it as a challenge, but, it's, but we have God's promises that are going to get us through. It's not our strength. It's not even our faith. He gives us the faith. And he says, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. But if you use it, you get more. Amen. It's how you build yourself up by just doing what he said to do, hearing it and doing it, hearing it and doing it. That's sanctification. How many of y'all are tired from sanctification? Anybody tired? None of y'all are going to raise your hand and say you're tired. All right, well, I'm just going to tell you, I cannot wait for glorification. That's the next. Hey, I ain't even started preaching yet. (laughs) Got a few short verses, Terry. But this is the prelude, man. Maybe this will be where God says cut it. But look, man, glorification. One day you are going to be just like God. One day you are going to be perfect. One day you are going to have a home in heaven. Man, anybody looking forward to that? Dude, there ain't gonna be no closed sign getting into the spring in heaven, man. It's like I'm just saying it's it's perfection. We're studying that in the book of Revelation right now, in chapter 22. Actually, we're hitting the last chapter tomorrow night at 6:30. If you want to join us online on Zoom, and 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 in that, what we've even learned so far. That final heaven, God is going to be our God. And we're going to be His family. We're all going to be... Nothing will separate us ever again. And, and then he goes in and tells us some of the as best as we can understand of John trying to describe this infinite place in a finite language. Listen to this, dude. You, there's pearly gates, Man. And these pearly gates go with these diamond walls that are 1,500 feet high. That's like from here to New York, 1,500 feet high and 216 feet thick, as best as we can kind of figure, all right? And they're crystal clear diamonds. How much y'all pay for that little chintzy diamond y'all got in your ring? Yeah, Spencer, how much? No, I'm not going to ask you if I Skylar, sorry. Spencer ain't bought one yet. Sorry, about it. Skylar. but Skyler. I don't want to know, but what I'm saying is look how much we pay for a little chip of a diamond, a little diamond. He's got 15, four 1,500 mile high by 1,500 mile wide walls that are 200 and something feet thick, made out of diamond <laughs> and pearls that are 1,500 miles high, uh, three sets of them on each side. Man, how many of y'all like oysters? <laughs> Dude, man, I'm hoping that he saves some of the oyster meat and we have one big shuck em and suck'em party at the at the marriage supper of the lamb, dude. Can you imagine the pearl, but more beautiful than that, how are the pearls even made? An oyster takes an irritation. And secrete something beautiful on it until it turns into a beautiful pearl. And constantly I'm going to be reminded the only reason I'm in this beautiful place is because Christ took my irritation as sin and turned it into something beautiful. Amen? Everywhere I look, I'm going to be reminded of Him. The foundation's going to be 12 foundations, 1,500 miles wide by 1,500 miles wide as best we can see, unless you're part of the pyramid theory scheme there and that. But it's all going to be precious jewels of different colors. And man, think about this. Who's going to be the light? Is there going to be a light like a sun or a moon in heaven? No. Who's going to be the light? God Himself and the Lamb. They're the light. The whole thing is a temple. So man, can you imagine this beautiful light inside this multifaceted thing made with all these beautiful stones? Can you imagine seeing this coming out of the sky? Which by the way, hey, Rena, are the gates going to be closed or opened? Are they there for protection? The gates and the walls, are they there for protection? No! They're not even going to be closed. And so it's like, well, why have the gates? Why have the, the walls? Well, think about it. Why does God do anything? It's for His what? It's so air, you can just live in an impressive place and be blown away by God moment by moment for how long? How many of y'all can put up with this little stinking bit of time that we're on this planet because of what you've got forever? Or how many of y'all are going to lit everything on this planet wrap you up and entangle you're like, oh I got another oh my goodness this this dude, think about your salvation, think about your glorification. That's our blessed hope when you know what you got and it's a promise from God. Hey Brandon, is there anything you can do to not get in heaven? No, dude, you're it's a promise you're there. You're not going to blow the contract. God's not going to change his mind. He made a promise. So should that not help us get through all of this junk here? If we see life from God's perspective. Man, do you want to see some more people go there? Show them how powerful God is. The the rougher the workout Julia gives you, the stronger you will be. And that's what's true about God. The rougher the workout he gives us. He knows when to rest you. He knows when to test you. Right, Brandon? He knows. Because he knows everything. You just have to submit. He's making you stronger. He's making you like him. And in a very short period of time, we're all going to be there, aren't we? I'm looking at some of y'all. Some of y'all are going to get there pretty quick. <laughs> some of y'all ain't got much time. I ain't pointing fingers or nothing, but I'm just, no. We don't know. But it, relatively speaking, in a short period of time, that's where we're at. That's our blessed hope that helps us make it through this. When we know His purpose, when we see it from His perspective, we can make it through this knowing that it's a spiritual workout pro- program. How many of y'all would have rather have Julia giving it to you or God? I'm just I'm joking. I'm sure you're a fine Pilates instructor, but we're talking spiritual growth. God, He's the master trainer in this. So promises these are three promises you've got salvation you know the purpose of this once you're a believer and 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 his promises the word of god's full of promises and if god made a promise no it's a promise it's not a deal it's not a contract it's a promise you just follow him when you find you're not turn back to him but one day soon we have a home in heaven amen amen I didn't get to our scripture yet, and honestly, I hope I brought enough scripture up for y'all right now. For so those y'all keeping track of all of this, um, I'm in this bad place to be. Maybe are, maybe aren't. Father, I pray that they would be sure they would just totally surrender themselves to you. If they were as faithful to you or to uh, their spouse or a friend as as they are to you, would they still have a relationship? And the answer is no, man. They need a relationship with you. Save them from being part of the lost church in Matthew chapter 7 that thinks because they did these good works in the name of Jesus, they're saved. It all comes down to that intimate relationship. Help that person or those people, Father, not to blow it off because like you told Nicodemus in John 3, it's like the wind. You don't know when it's coming, but you you don't know when it's leaving, but you know when it's there. And if they have a desire to surrender to you, they need to do it now. Father, we know we're saved and now we're walking through sanctification. Father, you you don't give us promises on how we're going to get through certain situations or what the end result is going to be. Often we pick the end result in what we would like to see happen and think that you answered the prayer or didn't based on how you fulfill our desires and our wishes. But Father, help us to live Matthew 6.33 to seek first the kingdom of God, to realize this is a kingdom thing. This is an opportunity for us to show the world what it's like to have a big God living inside of us. Help us grow the kingdom through our actions and being a witness of being able to testify to a lost world what it's like to walk through trials with a saved God. And the power of the God. God, we know your promises can only be fulfilled through your power. So Father, help us to seek first your kingdom and do the right thing through your power that you've promised us. And then we'll have everything we need. Even though it didn't work out the way we thought it should, worked out the way we wanted it to, the work out we had it planned, the work out, even the way we thought you told us it was going to work out. Father, help us not hold you to promises you never made. You didn't promise us an American dream. Father, you promised us even that if we live righteously, there would be persecution because the world doesn't like you. That's why they killed you help us walk with you. Father, I pray that we would not get overpowered by temptations, by tests, but instead we would seek you for the endurance to make it through. And we would take your escape route, not ours. And Father, as I even think in Hebrews, where you said, without faith it is impossible to please you. Father, these situations in life today that take faith, because we have no resources to solve them. Father, you gave us those situations. And it's an opportunity to please you when we accept the faith you give us to get through. We just have to believe you are who you say you are and that you reward those who diligently seek you. Those are promises. Help us to diligently seek you to be that witness. Help us realize we don't have the power to get through these, and that's not what you're asking us to do. You're asking us to walk with you and let you empower us so that when it's all said and done, we can do nothing but witness and testify to your great mighty power. So, Father, help us not forget those things through salvation. Help us as we read the word to see what it really says and the promises we really have to exalt you while we're on this planet for this short period of time. But Father, even as Jude says, the fact that you're coming back and taking us to heaven, that is our hope, our blessed hope. Father, we're looking forward to heaven. There's nobody that's gone to heaven and wish they'd come back. Father, we're looking forward to heaven. Help us not be ignorant about the end result. Father, I think in our Bible studies, What keeps coming up is people keep saying, wow, look what God has shown us. Because he wants us to know and he wants us to look forward to it instead of making this place our home. Oh, help us not miss anything you've got for us here. Help us not fall in love with this world. Help us fall in love with you. Because you do crazy things for people we're in love with. But Father, we look forward to the day we're all in heaven with you forever being blown away by you every moment for eternity so father take this message that was not planned this was just an introduction the Holy Spirit clearly cut it off and help us just savor this help us to chew on our salvation to chew on our sanctification and chew on glorification and digest these three promises that you have given us. Because, Father, that's how we keep our eyes on you. And you tell us when we keep our eyes on you, we have perfect peace. The world is looking for peace. But they're looking for it from people who seem to know where they can get it. Let us be those people. I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.